I was all in then, and I am all in now. Out isn't an option, and that's the most liberating commitment I've ever made. I so love what my experience of the world is next to you and through you. I show you fire, passion, boldness, emotion, and you show me the light. You show me how to let things go, not take life so seriously, and to be perpetually optimistic about how everything will always turn out all right. Together, we are truly a complete package. I'm Alexa, and you're listening to That Sex Check, a Soulfire production. I want y'all to know that I am a husband man. Mm-hmm. I am a married motherfucker. I am a wife lady. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. It's a fish. Oh, we can't stop saying it to each other. And it's mm-hmm. so weird mm-hmm. to say the word wife. I've got to like say wife and like my shoulders go up really high and I. And you love it. And I, I love it. It feels so strange. Yep. Yesterday I changed my last name on Instagram and Facebook, Whoa. which is totally official. I've been saying Alexa Nicole soon to be Bowditch for a year. Yes. And now it's just Alexa Nicole Bowditch. Whoa. Yep. How does that feel? Feels right. Feels natural. Feels great. Yeah. I wonder if people are tired of hearing us talk about it. <laughs> nope. I'm not going to stop ever because no. you are my wife for life. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Does that make us like more legit? I think so. Yeah. Do you yeah. think people will take us even more sincerely? Yeah. It feels like mature in a really beautiful way yeah. to call you my wife to be like, Oh, my wife just casually in conversation referring to you as my wife, not my fiance, yeah. not my girlfriend. Like we mean it. Yeah. Um, I remember however long ago, the idea of oh, marriage, you know, I think I'm not going to do that. And I don't need mm-hmm. to, I don't need to sign some pieces of paper and be legal and fuck the system anyway to you prove rebel. my love to my person and sure. all of that. And as we got together and as things unfolded, that's just not the way that our love decided to go. Mm-hmm. And I stopped thinking those things, you know, I mean, I, I asked myself questions, um, the deeper questions of like, why would I think like that? Why would I be attached to that thinking? And I think that that is right and true for a lot of people. But I, I went into a moment of introspection of like, why am I saying that? Is it right and true for me or is it something else? And I know I've said this on previous podcasts, but what was underneath it is that I was afraid. I was afraid of making the wrong decision. And when I met you, everything about you is, was, and I'm certain will, will be. be. Yes, there you go. <laughs> right and true. And, um, and yeah, so we're married. I want you to know that I have an erection around our marriage. Oh my God. So I want y'all to know that Jordan referenced his dick within the first five seconds of his vows. (laughs) It wasn't five seconds. It was like five seconds, 30 or so. It was five seconds. I was just telling the people what's real. (laughs) And that was that my penis goes from six to midnight in your presence. Yeah, sure. (laughs) So this is our post wedding podcast episode where we're going to talk about how it actually went. So on the week of the wedding, a podcast episode released where Bryn interviewed us about leading up to the wedding. And now this is just you and I candid conversation. How the fuck did it go? Yeah. It was a smashing success. Think so. We had countless people tell us it was the best wedding they've ever been to. And it didn't feel at all like that was lip service, you know, 
trying to make us feel good about it. It was like, no, <laughs> we put a lot of intention, certainly energetically in our, our relationship and, and all those kinds of things. And the actual experience itself, we made sure that it was going to be tastefully traditional and um, also wonderfully unconventional. And it yes. was a beautiful blend of everything that made for an amazing experience that was so fun and so meaningful. Yeah. So now that you've been married for like two days, three uh-huh. days, best advice for how to be a great husband. <laughs> <laughs> well, since I'm an expert on the matter, <laughs> is that an actual question? or No, what? <laughs> <laughs> it's not an actual question. We actually had Brent and Serena send over some questions that they wanted to know the answers to. And that's what we're going, we're going to somewhat dig into those questions. But I really think that we're just probably going to do our thing, which is riff, riff away, riff mm-hmm. away. So we can start with really like the, the welcome event. So we mm-hmm. had a welcome event on Thursday, rehearsal dinner on Friday, mm-hmm. and then Saturday was the big day. And then Sunday was breakdown brunch. And then brunch. Sunday was breakdown brunch. So I think it would be cool to, to really start with just like a, like a quick highlight of how the welcome event went down, maybe why we even chose to do it. I'll start really quickly, even before that, for a little context. So as you all know, we had a festival-themed wedding, and it was at our good friend's ranch uh, just outside of Austin. And so it was a massive undertaking because it wasn't at a venue that does weddings on a regular basis. So everything had to be brought in, and whatever wasn't officially accounted for with like vendors, we had to do ourselves. And he says we, he's saying that pretty loosely. He doesn't mean, he doesn't mean we as in Jordan and I, he means himself and then eventually some of his friends. Yeah. Because I was limited to how much I could go out there. Yeah. And we were so blessed that the day of was beautiful. No wind, no rain. But the week of, we, we had set up one of the tents and then there was gnarly wind that blew it over. <laughs> Fortunately, we didn't put up all the tents because we had several tent structures. Right, well, we couldn't put the tents up because we unpacked everything and we had our friends out there and they were all ready to help us get started with the process on like Monday or Tuesday. And two of the main structures were missing their center poles. Yeah. And thank God for that because we would have put them up and gotten them all set up. And there's a strong possibility that those would have gotten taken down by the wind too. And then there was rain on the Wednesday. Mm -hmm. So it really limited what we were able to do. And it made for basically the last couple of days, and in particular, the day of was, I mean, I woke up early and mad dash. And fortunately, my guys, my groomsmen and a handful of other people showed up so big the day of, and we made it happen in a really big, beautiful way. And so, you know, on the one hand, I felt some like trepidation around. I was like, why did I do this? This, yeah, this is too much. This, this is, is too, too much. Big. Way out All of our that league. kind of stuff, which is great. I yeah. love this kind of stuff. I'm good at it. Uh, it's part of my dharma is creating awesome, connective, fun experiences. And what better way to do it than for our wedding? Mm-hmm. And so while it was challenging, it was a righteous challenge and we delivered on that challenge. We were all over the dang place. And the yep. place where our wedding was located is about an hour outside of the city. So that's an hour driving to the location and an hour back. And we were there nearly every day of the week. Mm -hmm. 
And then people started arriving Wednesday and my family got into town yeah. Wednesday. And then it was, you know, we, it, it was basically like we needed to get as much as we could possibly get done before family and people started yeah. arriving because then our energy was going to have to shift into yeah. like spending quality yeah, time. Yeah. Spending quality and, time. Yeah. Um, so everything came together beautifully as far as just the logistics around the setup and making it like a really fun festival vibe. Um, your family showed up so big. And so transitioning into the welcome event, everything that wasn't the actual wedding was a total afterthought. Yeah. And we were just like, We'll figure that out later. Like here, people just show up at this time and we may or may not have snacks. Yeah. And like, it'll be fine. We'll figure it out. But we just don't have the capacity to address that. Uh, so your family filled yeah. in those gaps. Yeah. And it wasn't just like, oh, throw some shit together. No, they, they planned. They planned. They minute. drove from New Orleans and filled up. They're massive. I think it's a Yukon or whatever. Denali. Big ass SUV. Yeah. I don't know. My mom has a giant vehicle for her little old self, yep. but it comes in handy it sure does. Uh, when they're toting so much mm-hmm. stuff, which they toted a lot of stuff. They full on took over mm-hmm. the welcome event and then, a, then the rehearsal dinner as well. So we had the welcome event at our place on the east side, which is just, we love our spot. It's in a cool mm-hmm. part of the city and it's great for hosting people. And your family cooked everything. And so we cooked meat from a hunt that I did earlier this year, which Almost was awesome. All of our meat, all of our like ground deer meat. So that was special. The and fact hog. that it was like, and hog. Yeah. The fact that, Hey, this is meat that I procured, hunted myself and we're giving it to our people. Yeah. Breaking bread and kicking off the weekend that way. It was really cool. It was special. Like my yeah. family even brought extra griddles so that they could cook yep. m- many things at one time beyond yep. just the, the grill that we have. Yeah. So we had uh, at least 60 people here. I think more uh, than that. Yeah. Maybe like 80. And Somewhere between 60 and 80. Yeah. yeah. 120 people in total at the wedding. And so that chunk of people at the welcome event. So we pushed the capacity of our house to the limit, which is great. It housed awesome. those people great. Yeah. And, you know, it was casual in the sense that everybody's hanging. We made some announcements. I played the video that I put together for you for your bachelorette party, which is mm-hmm. a compilation of all of my PDA public displays of affection for on you Southwest on Southwest flights. flights. And so that was a good chunk of the people had seen it, but many hadn't. And so yeah, we played on our outdoor TV on a speaker and people loved it. And so it was a great way to kick off the weekend. Yeah. We let a I couple loved. of connection exercises. Let me say yep. exercises, like just questions. And you're like, look around and find someone who you don't know yep. and share a memory that you have mm-hmm. with us yep. or with one of us. Mm-hmm. And then I think there was another one that was like, oh, I, um, I thought it was really important. I want... I wanted to convey that, yes, you, everyone is here to celebrate us and they're here because they know and love us, but I wanted to know what they wanted to get out of the experience. Totally. And I wanted them to set an individual intention that was really outside of you and I. Yep. And that was mainly because I know weddings to a degree. And it's like, you see the main characters doing their thing. But you can't say, oh, my intention is to connect with Jordan and Alexa. That can't be the intention. It can't be the intention that you want to connect with the bride and groom because they are running around like chickens. How could you connect? You're going to have four and a half seconds, open a loop, not ever get to close it before they're pulled in some other direction. Uh So I was like, I want to know what each person's, you know, wanted them to share an intention that they had for themselves. And Mm -hmm. so we did a, you know, a couple of authentic relating questions, got our, our people to start getting to know each other, Mm -hmm. you know starting the festival feel. Yep. So that was Thursday. Yeah. 
And then going into Friday, the rehearsal dinner, which that's where your family. That's where they really came. Yeah. Because the welcome event, they didn't know they weren't necessarily planning. (laughs) Sprung it on them. I just asked my mom if, if, you know, some of the people in my family would step up and do the cooking part. Um, and then I would provide the sides and some people would bring other things. Um, but <laughs> so they stepped up, but they were not really prepared for that. The rehearsal dinner, my sister actually, um, messaged me, I don't know, a couple weeks before and was like, so what's the deal with this rehearsal dinner and what are you going to do? And I was like, I just figured, cause th- they agreed to do all Louisiana cooking. Yep. And I just figured they would put it out and people would grab a plate and eat, you know, take it and find a spot and eat and no big deal. My sister goes, can I take it over? And I was like, mm. absolutely. And she's so good. And at she that kind of stuff. parties by Brandy. <laughs> That's my sister. Uh, and she just like, completely transformed what that would have been. Yeah, it would have been so casual all over the tables. Yes. Like welcome signs, Play settings and, yeah. and napkins. And it was so beautiful. So the, for the rehearsal dinner itself, um, the menu was all Louisiana style cooking. So yeah. Louisiana fair. And it, they had my brother-in-law made a bunch of the, the food. My mom made a bunch of the food. So they had just to give your taste buds a little tingle here. Um, seafood stuffed mushrooms, um, crawfish bisque made from scratch gumbo jambalaya. made from scratch jambalaya. Oh. The, jambalaya. The, <laughs> Mrs. Doubtfire for the <laughs> late person. Uh, they, made red beans and rice from scratch. It was just so good. And then my brother-in-law made uh, homemade bread pudding yep. for dessert. Oh, so good. They my also favorite. made taco toddies, which is a, an alcohol, which is a whiskey drink that they're taking from. So in Plaquemines Parish, we have a really big Croatian population and uh, the seafood and the fishermen and all that. And so they have, you know, a lot of them have the last name taco, but they're called taco. And so um, T-A-K-O. And so they make taco toddies. And so they brought those and they made traditional Louisiana hurricanes. I don't think that many people drank the sugary no. drinks, but they made them anyway. And they were proud of them. Yeah. My sister, my mom, my nieces, um, they had like a craft party the couple nights before they left and they used their cricket machine that does all the vinyl printing. And they printed Jordan and Alexa with a new Orleans lamppost next to it on a bunch of Mardi Gras cups. Mm -hmm. They put our names on on top of Mardi Gras umbrellas. They put a J and an A on the corner of a bunch of little napkins, which we'll explain what those are for in a second, but they just went all out with such short notice and it was so good. It was great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so then that was basically it for the rehearsal dinner. We did the, What's that thing called again? A the, second line. The, a second that's what, line. That's what all that, yes. all those pieces of accoutrement were yep. for. So the napkins and the umbrellas, they, they surprised us, which was really funny because I planned to surprise them with a second line at, at the, the wedding, wedding and yeah. they surprised, they planned to surprise us with a second line to end the rehearsal dinner. Yeah. So the umbrellas were for Jordan and I, they were Mardi Gras umbrellas that they then like put our names on. Mine His, said King J Baum and King yours Jay said Queen Babeski. Queen Babeski. Mm-hmm. And after dinner, they handed out the napkins that had our little, the little J and the A in the corner, the little cloth napkins and played traditional second line Mardi Gras music. And the tradition is that the bride and the groom lead. It's kind of like a conga line. Uh, but it's our new Orleans version of it. And the bride and the groom lead and everybody follows them and dances around and and sways the napkins all around. Mm. So it's very traditional for weddings and funerals. And the idea 
is that the, the napkin that you're wiping your tears with. So if it's at a funeral, of course, you're mourning and you're grieving. And if it's at a wedding, the emotion of the family is starting anew and you're crying tears of joy, but then you take your napkin that you dried your eyes with and you put it in the air and you wave it around. Like you just don't care. Sure. (laughs) And you wave it around to the beat of the music in celebration for this new chapter or the celebration of a life ending and and new beginnings and all of that. And it's just really, really special. And so we got to infuse some of my, um, my roots into the Mm -hmm. mix, which was super cool. Very cool. And maybe just pausing here for a second before we move into the actual wedding ceremony, as you can tell, we injected intention and ritual into this whole thing. And that was super important to us, not to just go through the motions of all the things that you're supposed to do for a wedding. We did essentially all those things and we did it with our own conscious twist. And it just made it all that much more connective and special. And so we were very committed to that process for sure. Yeah. Well, Mm -hmm. somewhere in the rehearsal day, we also rehearsed. Yeah. We did. We had a wedding planner and there was no way Thank that God. we could have done all of the things that we did without having a team of people helping us. Yeah. And um, so it was very much many hands make light work. Mm-hmm. And so even when we had the rehearsal dinner, it was, you know, all of the chairs were stacked up in the area. And so you take the straps off and everybody grabs a chair and puts it out. And mm-hmm. it was just very much like festivals are an all hands on deck kind of event yeah, from really start create to finish the experience mm-hmm. and helps break it down kind of strike style Bernie man vibes, which we'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. And so rehearsal dinner, we can put a bow on that. Yep. It was really special. And of course a lot of fun. And I think at that point I had really barely slept each of the nights. Same. And um, that was the first night, like just getting over the rehearsal dinner. There was something about that, that just, I, I had a little mini freak out moment. Where I did. did. Yeah. I had a little mini figure moment. And and the thing is, I was really stressed out up to like the couple of weeks leading up to the wedding and somewhere around like the week before the week of, I started to chill out. It was like all the big stuff had been decided. Exactly. So now it's like, all right, home stretch setup kind of thing. But then the week of. Yeah. But then the the week of, I still, I still, even though there was still so much to do, I relaxed significantly yeah. and was mm-hmm. very of the mindset of like, it's going to be what it's going to be. But then there was a moment at the rehearsal dinner where I like low key dissociated for a second and like started to my, like just started to panic. And Jordan, Jordan was like, he was sitting right in front of me and I was like, fuck, there's all this is not, it's not going to get done and all this vision and blah, 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 blah. And I think that that really put the pressure on you, I think too, totally. which I didn't want to do, but I also did at the same time. So I did have a moment and then, um, you know, one of our, so one of the people who owns the ranch, some of our best friends, Michael and Adi, Adi, when she went into labor almost mm. four weeks early, her, and this is, you know, separate story here, it, her, she, she had like a moment of like, oh my God, this is not supposed to happen this way. She wanted to have, you know, her birth go a certain way and, you know, like a lot of people and it just wasn't going to happen because, um, her little one was coming too early and just plans were going to have to change. Yeah. Yeah. And so her husband, Michael said, Hey, this is happening. How do you want this to go down? Yeah. How do you want to what show up? What attitude do you want to have? And how do you want to show up for this? And, and her story goes, she just went, you're right. This is it. And so how my attitude and my outlook is everything. And so, um, Jordan reminded me of this. 
my two bridesmaids and my two, my maid and matron of honor kept reminding me of this. And even our relationship coach, Annie sent us a message before and said, don't let the wrapping paper detract from what the actual gift is. Great analogy. Yeah. Which was so good. And so it was like, how do you, how do you want to act? How do, and I was like, Oh, I'm going to act accordingly because mm-hmm. how I respond to this is how everyone's going to, you know, like they're looking to me even more so than Jordan is, is this going the way that they all want it to Is she gonna go full bridezilla or <laughs> no. So, all right. Mm-hmm. So that completes rehearsal dinner. Yep. Y'all, I have a confession. I'm a bona fide biohacking broski. I want you to know ski. Mm-hmm. That's funny. What is biohacking? So biohacking is hacking the system of one's biology, the art and science of doing so to become the most badass, amazing, awesome version of myself. I hear the word optimization. Ah, yes. Yes. And Mm -hmm. so as your partner, as the partner to a biohacking broski, I've seen Jordan do so many different weird ass things Mm -hmm. from getting into water filled with ice and then jumping into a hot box and sweating it out (laughs) to sitting on the couch with a contraption on his head that shows different lights over his eyes and plays different binaural beats in his ears. Um, I know... Everything from sunnier testicles outside and just all kinds of interesting things that help you hijack the system and be a better version of yourself. Yes. And there's one thing that every single freaking day I experience you do that is in the biohacking space. And that is spend no less than 40 minutes making your coffee every morning. Yeah, I biohack the shit ski out of my coffee. So and I, this is the foundation really of my biohacking practice. I've been doing it for almost a decade now. And so my coffee's on steroids. I it's my breakfast. I put all kinds of stuff in it. It's very calorically dense, all kinds of healthy fats, MCT oil, grass fed butter, uh, cacao powder, collagen protein, mushroom adaptogen extracts, turmeric, you name it. And when we first got together, I was also doing, I would say, a version of that with my coffee. And I did it for a while and I really enjoyed the way that my brain and my body felt. And then eventually, as many of y'all know, I've spoken about it on the shows that I've been dealing with some gut challenges and healing holistically. Um, I also have spoken about on the show that I struggle with anxiety, sometimes way more than others. And so as time has gone by, I've been trying to keep up with Jordan and his biohackiness and his. <laughs> supercharged coffees in the morning. And we've just realized that that's probably not serving me at this stage in life. And, but the thing is, I love coffee, like love, love, love coffee. I love something warm in the morning. I love the feeling. And, um, I, dare I say I have anxiety about my coffee and then I wind up having more anxiety if I don't have it. And then I have even more anxiety if I do have it. And so my questions to myself are like, how do I support my gut, my brain, my body, and lessening stress and cortisol in my system, how can I still do that um, in a way that is healthy and supportive to me? So Yeah. So we recently started using something called Dose. Mm -hmm. And it's a powder that has like a small amount of coffee in it. It's got lion's mane, chaga, collagen, uh, suntheanine, and just a bunch of stuff that does the things you just described. Exactly. And so you are putting a lot of those extracts in your coffee already, plus the fats and all of that. And so Mm. I've now found at Everyday Dose, their mushroom latte is a way for me to get a lot of those adaptogens and nootropics 
in the form of a warm drink that feels a lot like my morning mm. coffee. Of course, it has a little bit of a different taste. It's kind of like light coffee with like a kind of chocolatey flavor to it. Mm. And I froth milk and I put it in there. And so that's what I'm having to support my system. That's a little bit different. So I can still be a biohacking babe, Come on, my but not like a strung out <laughs> biohacking babe. <laughs> and Alternatively, on the flip side of this, Jordan, we have everyday dose and he adds that shit to his coffee. To everything I already do. So it's yeah. like I double down on it because I yeah. metabolize coffee really well. And a lot of people do it and a lot of people don't. And so you and I really represent two very distinct populations of sorts people that are sensitive to coffee and people that like do coffee very well. And yeah. so this works in both those scenarios. I'm a big fan. For sure. And I think a lot of people drink coffee. Regardless, because it's such a ritual in the morning totally. and it's very meditative every mm. morning. But I think that studies have shown that about half of the people that drink coffee are sensitive to it. Yeah. And mess with their sleep, gut, um, anxiety, a lot of those things you're talking about. Absolutely. And we're starting to think that I might be in that category. So yeah. anything that we can do that supports me being in flow, being chill all that. Um, and feeling like my best self, like I have access to my best self and I can regulate my nervous system. Then we're going to be doing that. And I know for Jordan, he's got limitless energy and he looks like a Greek God. (laughs) And so for him, he adds that shit and, and it works for him. So, um, we've recently partnered with everyday dose, Mm -hmm. which is super cool. And so for all of you who might want to give it a try everydaydose.com, the code that sex chick, you'll get 20% off of anything that you order. And, but they also have these really cool starter kits that have this like cool canister. Um, and it has like this cool spoon and a cool cup and the starter kits are already discounted. Add that sex chick on top of it and you get an extra discount. So you'd wind up with, I think, like 55% off of your first order. Um, And something else that I'll mention here is that this is a a mushroom elixir that doesn't taste like dirt. Yeah. I love it. It's so tasty. So, um, and of course there are recipes on their site where you can add other things to make them so, so much more flavorful um, and robust and, um, and unique to you. So again, everydaydose.com code Mm. that sex chick. If you want to give it a try. Mm-hmm. And last thing I'll say is the branding is cool. Just like the oh, company yeah. is cool. Dose it stands cool. for dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, and the last one, endorphins. Endorphins. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Check them out, y'all. Give it a try. Moving into the day, like I mentioned earlier, it was, all right, pressure's on. We got to finish this up and have it ready to rock. And there's, you know, infinite details to navigate in this process. And, and there's always something that can be done to make it even better, you know? And at some point it's like, nope, we just got to do what we can and surrender the rest, prioritize as best as possible. And the major stuff is taken care of. So the little details, they'll, you know, they'll work themselves out. And like I mentioned, my groomsmen showed up, other friends, like probably 15 or so people were there all day before the ceremony and then jammed home to get showered and changed. We did the same. And yeah, it was beautiful. Which was really relieving to see those cars coming in as I was leaving because a part of my freak out was that I wasn't going to be available yeah. to help direct and I wasn't going to be available to just help yeah. in general. And um, because the the girls, fuck, <laughs> we, we were getting ready for like what felt like many many hours 24 hours it just felt like it was just the longest process like 
some of some of the bridesmaids get started at like nine in the morning and we were getting ready and rotating in between hair and makeup all the way until 245. I was the last one in the chair. And so it was just a whole deal. So I needed to leave and get to the home that we were um, all the girls were getting ready at. And I'm so glad all the girls didn't get ready at the main house on the property. Cause that would have just been like so, so chaotic and the guys there and you're yeah, all offsite for way, sure. Way so we were offsite, which, and I knew that once I got offsite, that's it. I, I can't possibly control from afar, which was perfect. It really was. So let me tell you one of the greatest gifts that I received on the day of the wedding was a D taking my phone from me. Yes. I love that. She did, did that. you see the, the auto responder she put? Yep. So the auto, so my, one of my maids of honor took my phone from me as soon as we left and put an auto responder that said, Hey, it's my wedding day. So anyone that messaged me was going to get, Hey, it's my wedding day. Mm -hmm. Um, I am, I am being present. present. I am with my, I'm present with my family and my friends. If you need anything, message a D and she put her telephone number and she crushed it and she managed her phone and my phone all day. Mm-hmm. And it was like, it said something like if, if someone responds to this message, it's not Alexa. Yeah. And it was the greatest. Mm-hmm. She messaged she the wedding planner. She protected energy. my space, my energy, everything. And then between her with my phone and then Taylor continuously coming up to me and being silly and singing and like washing the like nerves or the angst away from me, they just, they crushed being maids of honor. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was really sweet. Y'all, I'm making eyes with my wife right now because I love her. <laughs> She's so cute. She's just exuding joy and wifeliness. Wifeliness. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, maybe kind of fast forwarding to the actual ceremony because that's where things then. So when people arrived, we had an executive minibus taking, and this is part of the never running logistics of it all. This property is not equipped to have parking 50 plus cars parking there. Thankfully, it hadn't rained so it was dry so we can get away with cars parking on the grass because they won't mess it up so that ended up working out really well so we weren't under as much pressure with everything Um, but so probably half the people came on the bus um, from a hotel like 20 minutes away and as they arrived i had two of my best buds uh, Austin and Andrew, who welcomed them. And we had cool signs. As you're coming onto the property, there were little quotes that we had, uh, like three to five of them. One was, I think the first one was Picasso, or the first one was our welcome sign, which is hilarious. Yeah. I wish I welcome remembered exactly what I said. Welcome to Bowditch Fest, Fest 2021. 2021. Yep. Expect nothing, experience, experience everything. everything, express yourself, express yourself, Yo get fun, comfortable, slap a metaphorical titty yeah. and part, party like a conscious rock star. Yep. That's what the sign said. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Everything uh, you can imagine is real. That was the first one, Picasso. We're never gonna get we're never gonna get through this unless we we're get never a, gonna survive, survive unless we get a little crazy. Seal. Seal lyrics. And the last one was Incubus. I marvel at the stars and feel my heart overflow. Mm-hmm. So as they're driving onto the property, they're seeing these signs. Cause it's a it's pretty long driveway and it's beautiful. It's very burning man. Mm-hmm. Like as you're driving on, you know, getting onto the playa, there's signs. Yep. And then when they got dropped off, they were greeted by our lineup sign, much like a festival that says the lineup of events and the times and everything. Uh, and Austin and Andrew greeted everybody with champagne mm-hmm. and there was music playing. We had tents out. We had yard games because I love yard games like can jam, cornhole and stuff like that. Testicle toss, another fan favorite. Um, and so f- 
as they arrived for like one to two hours, they were greeted in that way and were hanging out. And it was separate from the ceremony space, which was across the driveway, but like covered. You couldn't see it. There's a little small tree corridor to get to it. And the idea there was we want to preserve the integrity of the ritual container for the ceremony until the ceremony is ready to start. And so our MC, Kevin Oros, my best bud, he then shamaned people when it was time into shamaned, the ceremony space. Ushered. I like to say shaman. Okay, sure. Uh, and so then people went in there and our good friend JP Sears was the officiant and he wore a literal Pope outfit and was also our flower girl. <laughs> he <laughs> so identified he as one. a Pope and a flower yes, girl. Yes, <laughs> yes. Many identifications on that day. On that day. And so he was the first one to go and he did threw the flowers. flowers, had his Pope outfit on. And, and then he announced no phones during the ceremony. We really wanted to have everybody be super present. That's something I've seen at most weddings is that people are taking pictures and Instagram stories, which is okay. Yeah. But we re- we were like, Hey, do that the rest of the time. We're going to have awesome photography and videography during the ceremony. Let them take care of that. We'll release those pictures and but really just be present, hold the space with us and for us. Yeah. I go to, I go to weddings, not very frequently, but when I go to weddings and there's like the brides going down the aisle and there's just a bunch of phones in her face yeah. instead of people's smiles, just like it, it makes me mad. Like I get mad about get it. it. And I'm mm-hmm. seeing people around. I'm like, you don't even fucking know her that much. And you're in her face with the camera. Get out of there. You know, uh-huh. I don't know. I'm just feisty like that. I'm like, be present y'all. So, mm-hmm. but I, but we did want everybody else like af- outside of the ceremony to ham it up. Mm-hmm. Like just totally. video hashtag about itch fest 2021. Hashtag all about itch. All about it. We itch. had like 10 hashtags. So there's ridiculous. Many good ones. And so then, you know, the regular processional of groomsmen and bridesmaids coming in are... Wedding party walked in to Odessa. Yes, of course. And so, yeah, just on brand for us. It was so special. It was very special. And one thing I'll mention is I I had people ask me, are you nervous and all that kind of stuff? And the short answer was no, which I was definitely a little surprised about. I suspected I would have not nerves around the commitment per se, like zero doubts around that. Certainly acknowledging and feeling the bigness of the commitment. I thought that I would feel nervousness, so to speak, or intensity, big energy around the attention, uh, being the object of that much attention and intention. And to be fair, I definitely felt some, but not as much as I would have expected. Uh, So that felt really good that it was, I just was so sure of what was happening. Mm-hmm. And that was a theme that emerged was the the certainty and the sureness. And how lots um, of people reflected that yeah. to us throughout the night. And then mm-hmm. especially at the end of the night that yeah. they were really blown away with how sure we felt about each other yeah. and about the decision that we were making and mm-hmm. just the energy around us to be so clean and clear and mm-hmm. together. Yeah. It felt really good to have that reflected back to us. Yeah. So, Maybe more directly answering that first question, 30 minutes into this, (laughs) of like highlight moment. One for me that comes up at this stage in the game is all along, Alexa was going to have a black wedding dress. It was something that I was bragging about to a lot of people about our unconventional festival wedding. 
my bride's going to wear a black wedding dress because she's kind of the more witchy, dark one, so to speak. It's on Halloween. I'm the more light, open one. So I'm going to have this expressive kind of suit on, which... (laughs) Side note, you my great. suit was so cool. I uh-huh, loved it. It was uh-huh, just, you're you welcome. put it all together. So <laughs> thank you. Uh, and so it was quite the surprise when Alexa comes down the aisle wearing a white dress. And it felt very symbolic because it felt like you were stepping into something new. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, yeah, you have this part of you. And as you're stepping into being a wife, um, there's, it, well, I would love to hear from you maybe what that represented. Like why you chose that instead of the black that you were going to go with. Yeah. I mean, I tried for that vision from the beginning and I was like black all the way. And it, we were the, the day before Halloween. So it had that edgy Halloween kind of darker fall edge to it. And I just, I, I wanted that. I had this vision for a black lace top and like a big tool, you know, kind of train and skirt and it was hard to find and i i actually ordered it off of etsy and i gave all the dimensions it was the exact one that i wanted i looked for so long and i was like okay i'm actually just going to get this one and then the bodysuit part of it came in and it didn't fit oh i didn't know that yeah it didn't fit now the skirt part did grant granted it fit by the wedding day because i'd lost like an extra five pounds Mm -hmm. but when i first got it it didn't it didn't fit around my midsection properly like it Mm -hmm. fit but i couldn't breathe and like it didn't have any give so i was like what am i gonna do okay maybe i can just get a different bodysuit so i started looking for a different bodysuit and then the skirt and it was just like this whole deal and i'd actually gone to a couple of fittings for wedding dresses with my girlfriends and then eventually my mom. And at first I was thinking that, or at second, (laughs) I was thinking maybe I will just get a white dress and I will have it dyed black. So then I was looking for a specific kind of material and I just went all over the place with this dress, with the idea of the dress. And then, um, so I started trying on some white ones and it was just affirming me because at at the beginning of this, at, at, at thinking of dresses and, and looking at dresses, I hadn't really started lifting and working on fitness and health and nutrition and all of that. And so I would like look at my skin and I would look at the dress and, and even like look at how puffy I was like now in hindsight, I can say I was very inflamed. Um, my, this, my skin wasn't as bright and as healthy. And there was just a lot going on that when I would look at the white dress on my skin tone, my body, I just didn't like it. And I was like, I'm more, it's better if I'm in black. I just, I stand out more in black was what I kept telling myself. And so I I started trying on the dresses and I was like, it just kept affirming. I don't want to be in white. I hate it. And then when the black one came in and it didn't fit, I went, you know what? There's one place unbridled in Austin that I pass every day on my way to my workouts. And I had not been in there. And my mom came for a quick visit. So it was just my mom and I, we quickly went in. It's like, I'm just going to go try, try, you know, just a few more and see if I'm going to keep this black. It was like the deciding factor. And I kept thinking, okay, well, if I'm not going to do black, then I'm going to do white and I'm going to do white lace. And it's going to be this particular kind of style. I was so attached to long sleeves. And it was really a D that encouraged me to put on dresses that were that crepe material, which is the, what I chose. I try on all these different things, sequins, lace, all this. And then here is this stark 
white, like the brightest white, because then it was like, oh, if you're not going to do white, then do like this off do this beige, do this, whatever it looks even worse. This stark, bright, plain white dress. And I put it on. I'm like, why is this the one? Why? Mm-hmm. And my mom was my mom was the one that was like, because in that you stand out like we were thinking that that would be the black would do that. I'm so glad I didn't go with black. I'm so glad that I wound up doing that, like that bit of tradition, um, because it did represent that to me too. Like I put it on and like, I don't know why this is it. This is the one. And I had it tailored to fit me and I had the bustle installed and everything. And it just was so clean and classic. And my mom was just affirming me. She was like, the dress is clean and classic. And then there's you with your style, with your sleeve of tattoos and your face and your hair and just all of that. And you just really, really stand out in it. And so then it became this thing with my friends and I, that we were hiding this from Jordan. And that became like such a dramatic ordeal that everyone was trying to hide their bridesmaids dresses from him. And actually that one day when Adi just busted out when we were at the, we were at the ranch and she came out and she had the dress on and she was like, Oh my God, look how pretty. And I was behind you. And I just like did the cut it out motion with my hand. You didn't see me. I was like, I was like, he doesn't know. He doesn't know what the bridesmaids are wearing. I gathered, yeah, that that was, there was awkwardness there, but it, it didn't, I still thought you were wearing black. Didn't make a difference to me. Right. Which they were like, well, you need to tell him that we're wearing something so that he doesn't, you know, I was like, he doesn't know. And then they wound up asking Michael, her husband. And she was, he was like, oh, Jordan doesn't have a clue. No, no clue. <laughs> so this became this big ordeal. Like we want to surprise Jordan with this thing because then it started to take on a life of like everyone is expecting me to do this one thing and I'm going to shock and do this other thing. And it's going to be so sweet and so sentimental. And so that was 10 minutes of a conversation about our, about the wedding dress. Anyway, it was a surprise. Jordan was surprised. What did it mean for you? What did it mean? Well, you said it already. Yeah. 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 It was symbolic of stepping into this new container of being a wife. Yeah, absolutely. It was softer. It was sweeter, but I Mm -hmm. still have, I still have my edge no matter what I'm clothed in. Yeah. And like a, maybe a a subtle shift commitment to somewhat traditional roles Roles, of a wife and feminine and all that kind of stuff. And like, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I can be dressed in white and still be a, bo- a boss, <laughs> the boss, uh-huh. your boss. I love you being my boss. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. And the ceremony itself was like, I got to the end. My brother-in-law walked me down the aisle, which a lot of people were confused by. They did not know who that man was. Um, so it was my brother-in-law and then um, Gay, he gave me away to you mm-hmm. and JP was our officiant and it was a roller coaster of highs and lows and laughs and cries and all the things, as you can imagine, um, there was definitely the comedic edge Mm -hmm, in it. And, um, he had like a very official, he took it so sincerely. We had two meetings with JP, um, before the day of, and he's a pro to the max. He was so good. And then your, one of your best friends and who groomsmen, Brandon Hawk did Mm -hmm. a little blessing in between, and then my very favorite part of JP's whole uh, officiating was when he sang, spoke the lyrics to Xavier Rudd, Spirit Bird, before yep. we exchanged rings. Which is a very like symbolic, beautiful song for us, um, specifically with JP, because we saw Xavier Rudd perform that song at Envision Festival in Costa Rica, where we like fell in love and where 
Yeah. JP and Amber were both there as well. So that was, yeah. And that's somewhat of a theme song of our conscious couples. Yeah. We love it and it's sweet and it's sincere, but we have so much fun, not making fun of the song, but being playful with the song. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And so he said, and now a reading from Xavier Rudd's Spirit Bird. And, and, you know, because you do reading from the Bible typically. And he said it so matter-of-factly. And then he, like you said, talks saying it. And so it's just so funny, this whole uh, couple minute ordeal where he's read singing it. Yeah. And so the whole time we're just laughing and it's also so heartfelt and connected. And we had our vows. Yeah which we posted those on our social media. Part of yeah. me wants to read them. I pulled mine up so that I could you? read it. Yeah, I could. I could read mine. I could read mine. Mm-hmm. I'll read mine while you pull yours up. Okay. Go for okay. It. So, I mean, but should we go in the order that we went? Because I went um, first. Do you have yours handy? I can get them really quickly. All right. Well, let me see here. Come on now. Okay. Here it is. Cool. Okay. All right. Our vows. Here are our vows. Loveliest, ladiest, Queen Babeski. Alexa Nicole, oh so soon to be Bowditch. Can I get a come on now? Mm-hmm. And that was to the audience. And they responded accordingly. Baby, I fucking love you. You are my absolute favorite and I am absolutely obsessed with you. I have been since the moment I crept you on Facebook and slid into your DMs with a freestyle rap. I knew I loved you within a couple FaceTime dates, so I did what any white privileged man would do. I scheduled a work trip from San Diego to my territory of New Orleans to meet you in person. I'll never forget the fluttery pitter-patter of my heart chakra exploding when you picked me up from the airport. I was meeting my future wife, and I knew it. When we embraced and kissed for the eternity of a few minutes, my pants got real tight. I went from six to midnight. I'm talking cock solid. And that is completely true. Some things never change. Any whoozle, despite your family's concerns around this stranger danger man flying across the country to stay with you and likely murder you, they welcomed me with open arms for an unforgettable Mardi Gras weekend. I was all in, and I needed you to explicitly know it. So on the way back to the airport, I awkwardly asked you to be my girlfriend, and you were stoked. Y'all, don't let her fool you. She tries to act like she was cool as a cucumber, but she was straight giddy. But I digress. As we were parting ways in the airport parking lot, I had one more thing to tell you, and I had the feels. I danced around with some fluffy, conscious-ish language as I worked up the courage to do the damn thing. And just as I was about to drop the love bomb, you cut me off and said, I love you too. We made out like teenagers. I went from six to midnight again, and we made love right there in the parking lot. I'm just kidding. We didn't do that. But you can imagine what it would be like if we did. I was all in then, and I am all in now. Out isn't an option, and that's the most liberating commitment I've ever made. Speaking of commitments, with my all inness comes some righteous AF commitments to you. So here we go. I commit to constantly telling you how adorable you are, in case you forget. I vow to fun comfortably shower you with my PDA, both on and off Southwest flights. I will forever tell you how painfully attracted I am to your everything, including that ass that simply will not quit and your world-class tits, but most importantly, your otherworldly beautiful soul that inspires me to be better. Can I get a come on now? Come on now. I commit to preparing your morning, afternoon, and evening supplements, even if you don't (laughs) take them and they pile up for days, although I must say you've gotten much better lately. 
I vow to love you so much that I could kill you, but I won't. I vow to stand my ground and not collapse when you need me to be a rock for our family. I will be a world-class dog dad to our lifetime of furry friends, and someday a world-class human dad. Maybe next year-ish, or maybe tonight. I will always be your husband and lover first. I commit to ruthless integrity, and I will humbly admit when I've fallen short. I commit to being a present, loving, reliable husband. I vow to put my pride aside and quickly come back to love, especially when I don't want to, partially because I win if I come back to love first, but mostly because it's always the right thing to do, regardless of the circumstances. I vow to love you fun conditionally with all my heart for all my days. I have a million more commitments I could pop off with. Unfortunately, I have a lifetime to fulfill them, so I'll let that be enough for now. You inspire me to be an even more conscious bro. You mostly lovingly-ish challenge me to be a better man. And I'm insanely honored to be your husband and call you my wife on this day. Alexa Nicole, holy shit ski almost bout itch. Queen Babeski, baby. I love you. I got you. Let's do this. Mm. One last time, y'all. Can I get a come on now? Come on now. Aho ski. <laughs> there it is, friends. Oh, I love that you read it again and I can just listen to you say it. I can just go back to this podcast episode and listen to you mm-hmm. say it. It's so sweet. So then it was my turn. Here are mine. And yours are significantly longer. Not significantly. Uh, they're touch longer. Well, let's see. Okay. Mm-hmm. You knew from the moment you laid eyes on me that I was going to have a significant role in your life. When I received voice notes from a half-clothed stranger on the internet... I wasn't so sure he was about to be my forever, but I gave you a chance. While you knew right away, I took a little coaxing. I'd been hurt badly in relationships before, so I had my guard up. Though I had recently been in conversations with God about the state of my heart and how I was finally ready to let love in. But not just any love, a very specific, all-in, let's-build-a-life-together kind of love. And that's exactly what you promised me from the moment you landed in New Orleans on the weekend before Mardi Gras to meet me in person for the first time. Our first I love you was at the airport just a few days later. And a few weeks after that is what we call our second date in Vision Festival 2018. It was there that I got a crash course in Jordan Marie Spoutich. And it was there in the jungle and that dynamic, ever-changing environment that I could see a vision for us into the future. Your silliness and playfulness has not changed a bit since the moment I met you, but over the last three and a half years, so many things are different about you. In front of my eyes, you have grown into the man I am so beyond thrilled to marry and the future father of our family. You have risen to the occasion again and again. You have been humbled, established your inner grit, built resilience, and have impressively done so, continuing to look like a Greek god. The way you allow love in and give so freely with your love will always be something I am in awe of. I so love what my experience of the world is next to you and through you. I show you fire, passion, boldness, emotion, and you show me the light. You show me how to let things go, not take life so seriously, and to be perpetually optimistic about how everything will always turn out all right. Together, we are truly a complete package. My vows to you. I vow to mostly... Keep my shit together when you are being the loudest human to ever exist. I vow to honor your individuality and sovereignty and to always look at you with utmost fascination. 
I vow to consciously approach conflict to the best of my ability with grace and open-mindedness while maintaining your dignity always. I vow to meet you in your persistent play and curiosity with an open heart, encouraging my inner little girl to come out and play too. I vow to be self-sufficient and also to surrender to your genuine help and kindness. I vow to be discerning and boundaried for our family while also being open to who and what really lights you up. I vow to let you keep flow, the short bus, until you are really ready to let her go. I vow to listen to the same Sigma Chi stories over and over again with enthusiasm and wonder. And as if I haven't already heard about that time you turned a parking lot into a beach for reggae sunsplash or stole an assortment of sheets from a hotel laundry, as well as Christmas yard decorations from unsuspecting neighbors, all jobs for the best social chair they will ever know. (laughs) I vow to co-create an epic and adventurous sex life for the two of us to be your cheerleader, to make you right, to look within, to take responsibility, and to always be willing to push new edges in the name of pleasure and our collective expansion. I vow to be your muse and greatest inspiration to always want better for yourself and our family. I vow to entertain your wild, crazy, and outlandish ideas with lightheartedness and humor while always encouraging your imagination and unique creativity. I vow to always do cool shit with you as frequently as possible. I vow to stick up for you, to be loyal and infallibly devoted to you, and to always have your back. I vow to remember and remind that our collaboration is always better than either individual being right. I vow to appreciate you and your unique gifts with my words, actions, and physical touch, which directly translates into back and head scratches. I vow to take care of my physical body and to make sure I am as healthy as I can be, not just for myself, but for you and our family. I vow to move my body frequently and care for my mind, which means effective communication and taking space when I need it. I vow to be quick to listen, so to slow to speak and slow to anger. I commit to continue learning my nervous system and to continue my personal unraveling so that you may have all parts of me and my truest nature. I vow to protect our relationship with my life. I vow to seek unbiased, loving, empathetic counsel when times are tough and I feel like I can't honor some of my other vows. And lastly, I vow to make life a constant festival. Second by second, minute by minute, you never know what you're going to get. So be prepared, but don't overplan. And whatever you do, make sure to keep your eyes and heart open because magic is imminent. I vow to you peace, love, unity, and respect forever and always. So good. Those are my vows. And then the crowd went wild. <gasps> I love you. I love you too. You're mine. You're mine. I own you. Yep. Legally. Well, the paper is still downstairs, so uh, it needs its stamp. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so those were our vows. And then we had rings and then we kissed and then we, I forgot to grab my flowers and we ran back down. And then we did something that was a piece of advice that we were given. Uh-huh. Um, I had coffee with a buddy a few weeks, few weeks before the wedding. And yeah, there were two pieces of advice I thought were so good. One, he said, immediately after the ceremony, have at least five minutes to yourselves, just the two of you to revel in the moment. And so we veered off and did that. And it was great. And the other big one, which was like, when I heard, I was like, Ooh, I don't know about that. That feels like a challenge 
was to pretend like we are in a potato sack together and be inseparable the entire night. We go to the bathroom together. We do everything together. And we go to the bathroom together. We do everything together. Yeah. We, <laughs> we it's just funny that you, you go straight to bathroom. We do everything. Well, yeah, because uh, yeah. bathroom so, anyway. Meaning we go. We do everything. We talk to people together. Yeah. We move. We go to different tables together. We go to dance together. Yeah. yeah. And reason why that was a little, when I heard that, I was like, ah, because I'm very social. We both are, but like I, maybe me in particular. We just split. I'm a butterfly. We split. And sometimes we will spend very little of the night together in like a party setting, which I don't think there's anything wrong with no. that. Like, it's just kind of, we go have our own unique have our experiences own, yeah. and then we, we come back every so often mm-hmm. and check in and then go, okay, bye. And yeah. then it's usually at the end of the night on those nights where we're like, what the fuck happened to you? Yeah. We you know, and we and, connect over that. And so for this experience, it was like, no, let's be fully together. And we accomplished the shit out of that, which was great. Um, and then there's other special highlight moments. I want to be mindful of the time on this. What other questions do we want to get to potentially, or do we want to share some more highlight moments? There's yeah, plenty for sure. Because after really, we're good. Okay. <laughs> That's us making sure we're not about to go into eight minutes before a call, but coaching I can be calls. A late. <laughs> <laughs> what if we pressed end right now? And do a part two. And we do a part two. We could definitely do that. We could definitely do that. We can do whatever we want. We can do whatever we want. Let's do it. This is 50 minutes. Perfect. Yeah. So how about this, y'all? Stay tuned. Mm -hmm. Then we'll tell you what we did for the reception, Mm -hmm. which included a roast from one of our friends. It included an offering offering (laughs) where money was taken. We had some of the most incredible best man and best ladies, maids and matron of honor speeches, uh, speeches that involved acting and dances. there were dances. There was a really special dance between my brother-in-law, which I mean, just looking at the time, I would want to speak to yeah. that a little bit more yeah. as to like why we decided, why I decided and we decided mm-hmm. to structure things the way we did. And then we had an after after party that started with a dance temple, bioenergetic groovement, which is an mm-hmm. exercise that involves dance and bioenergetics, meditation, breathing, and then uh, went into, we had fire dancers and just all Mm. kinds of cool things. And then lots of stories. We have a lot of stories. And then we were up until six in the morning, six in the morning. So with like a good group of people too. Oh yeah. (laughs) 40 people plus stay tuned for part two, where we tell you about all the drugs we took. Just kidding. (laughs) Just (laughs) kidding. Just kidding. Medicine baby. It's, but we didn't No. So Stay tuned for part two where we can debrief and then also go into breakdown brunch a little bit in our first few days as husband and wife ski. Come on now. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. If you loved it, be sure to subscribe so you never miss a new episode. And if you extra, extra loved it, make sure to leave a five-star review. I'll see y'all next week.